Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's the Football Betting Show, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Joined, as always, by legendary handicapper Brandon Lang. Conference championship time in college football. The NFL regular season is winding down. Playoff seating certainly on the line, especially if you're looking for the buys in the both conferences because only the top team gets to buy with the seven playoff teams in each conference this year. So a lot of interesting football matchups this weekend. We got some games here on Friday night and then, of course, Saturday and Sunday, even NFL action on Saturday as well. Before we get started, I want to remind you guys that the football betting show is brought to you by betonline.ag. The NFL season is in full swing, and while you might not be at the game this year, even though some of you are with the limited fans, you can still bet on the action whenever at Bet Online. From game spreads to totals to team, player, coaching, props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there is always the online casino as well because it never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Brandon, before we get into the conference championship action and the NFL action this weekend, let's take a look back at what happened this past week because we had one of the all time bad beats of the NFL season in the Monday night football game, which was a tremendous game between the Browns and the Ravens but ended in one of the most crushing ways possible if you had a certain spot. Yeah, the the gambling gods giveth and the gambling gods take it away. It's, it's all a matter of perspective. Three weeks ago, Philadelphia, Seattle. If you had Seattle, you just went down on one knee and collapsed on the floor and Hail Mary and two-point conversion, and you're just like, God, how did I lose that game? So you flip the switch, and then if you have the Ravens, you're like, okay, if you had the Browns, you're like, well, I had Philly. I got lucky. So, you know what? I guess I I lose one that. But 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 there were things that happened in the Browns game that um, brings up something I've talked about all the time when I sat next to NFL referee Bill Vinovich on a plane flight. We had a great conversation. I think I've told the story on the podcast. If not, I should tell it sometime soon. But I asked him so many things, and we talked for two hours, and it was just fascinating to have that access to a guy like that as a handicapper, but he never asked me what I did for a living. And if he did, I said, I would, I, I have an e-commerce website that sells sports picks. Um, I just told him I was a football fan and we talked, but one of the many things I asked him was on the field, doing a game. What's the biggest mistake you see coaches make? And he says, and I couldn't get the word mistake make out of my mouth when he said clock management. They don't know how to mm-hmm, manage the clock. Mm-hmm. They should hire a guy to sit upstairs and manage the clock. We look at ourselves as officials and go, what are, what are they doing? Um, as the Browns were going down the field to score and tie it up, they got down to the Ravens 19 with a minute seven to go. And it was such helter-skelter. At that point, the Ravens defense was so gassed, they weren't going to stop them. That was not going to happen. So why not take some time off the clock? Because on the flip side of that, Scott, the Browns defense is gassed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They got nothing. So worst case scenario, let's score with about 30 seconds to go. We got four downs from the 19-yard line. They're not going to stop us. Baker's on fire. We're good. Rookie head coach, manage the clock. Somebody upstairs gets in his ear and says, let's take a little time off the clock here. 
I get that you're going fast and they're scrambling, but at some point you have to manage the clock. They leave uh, the Ravens too much time. They go down and, and, and then mistake number two is every veteran quarterback you talk to will say, if you're going to kick a last second field goal to win the game, you spike the ball between three and five seconds. So the last play of the game is the kick. Unless you have a timeout left. At that point, you clock it at 10 because if there's a bad snap, you can use a timeout. But with no timeouts, no way to stop the clock, no way to do anything, you spike it with less than five. And then the game ends. And Lamar spikes it at seven, which set up the flippy, flippy, reverse band play or whatever and, and bad beat if you have the Browns. So gambling gods give it the gambling gods take it away over the course of a year. You hope it will equal out. But that if you had the Browns, that was that was brutal. Yeah. And then yeah. listen, going into last night. If you had the Chargers plus three and a half like I did, they dominated the whole game for the most part. Probably played better of the two teams. Um, you miss the field goal because you back him up with the horrible play call on third down, which was just atrocious with the rolling him out, lose seven yards. Raiders get down their first and goal in overtime, and you're sitting there going, wow, I'm going to lose the Browns on Monday night the way I lost that game. And now I'm about to lose a three and a half point road dog in overtime by six. You put those two bad beats together on back to back NFL days, Monday and Thursday, the momentum of your entire week changes. And for the Chargers to get the stop there and force the field goal and then Herbert to take him down, that was, that was, you know what? The gambling gods. The game of the gods from the movie Fletch got me Monday night. <laughs> You're going to use the whole fist there, Doc? Well, guess what? Um, I was the doctor on Thursday, on last night with the 75 diamond on the Chargers. So, um, feeling good, man. All right. Well, let's uh, parlay this good feeling into a weekend of winners. Uh, we have 10 conference championships, actually nine conference championships in college football because the Sun Belt Championship between Coastal uh, and Louisiana has been canceled. Best bet. I, I, the best bet. Were you going to be on Louisiana like me? You better believe it. Yeah. Yep. I was, I was all over it. Louisiana. They were going to avenge their loss. They were going to win the game yep. outright. And I was going to take them with the points. And uh, now apparently the Sun Belt is going to try and do some finagling of a bowl situation to see if they can get Louisiana and Coastal to play each other in a bowl game. So uh, that would be interesting. But now we have nine. That'd be great. Yeah, we have. That'd be great. It it would require some because there's a lot of teams that are opting out of bowl games. So they could actually make it happen if somebody else was to like accept an invite somewhere else. Like they were going to uh, acknowledge, okay, no problem. We'll switch bowl games. And then the Sun Belt can get uh, can get, you know, those two teams to play each other in a bowl game. That would be pretty cool. Uh, But they have both. They have announced them both as co-champions. So congratulations. Uh, let's start with the Friday night action. We got the Conference USA Championship game, Marshall laying four and a half against UAB. The MAC Championship, Buffalo laying double digits against Ball State. And then the Pac-12, <laughs> laugh, whatever you want to call this, because Oregon should not be playing in the championship game. It should be Washington. But they wanted to give USC another opponent. So USC laying three at home against Oregon in the Pac-12 title game. Do you like any of the championship games tonight? 75 diamond number three in a row on the website is the USC Oregon game. Um, I would lay it with Buffalo before I take with Ball State, but really don't love the play. I'd there'd probably be a lean towards Buffalo. Just, just they've just pounded people. Yep. Um, all year. 
And I, I like Marshall. With the COVID with the with the COVID situation surrounding UAB, they got the nice win at Rice. I know we talked about Rice in the podcast last week. Rice um, covered. I, I have to believe that Marshall, off the shutout loss, gets their crap together, and it's a low number. I mean, it really is. Yeah, uh, and they're at home. I really do. I like Marshall in this game to cover that. Um, if you want straight up winners, I'm going to go Marshall, Buffalo, and USC. I'll take the chalk here for the straight-up winners of the conference championship games. Let's get to the big ones here on Saturday, though. Any play on the Ohio State-Northwestern Big Ten title game, the Buckeyes laying 20? Buckeyes should play the lotto. Because courtesy of Iowa getting off to the slow start, they're facing the third or fourth best team in the Big Ten and not the second best team in the Big Ten with Iowa. Iowa's a beast. And whoever they play in their bowl game, they are going to run off the off the field. Um, it's too bad they lost the to Purdue by three and Northwestern by one out of the box, but it is what it is. Um, I I just feel like Ohio State's going to name it. I I just don't believe. Don't you think? Don't you think they have to? They have to run it up too to kind of show their worthiness to the college ball playoff committee. Even though the committee is going to put them in, but really the public is sort of against them getting in with this few games, with only six games. So maybe an impressive victory over Northwestern, a blowout win over Northwestern changes people's minds. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the year that they had to run Wisconsin off the field, and they did in this same game and went on to win the national championship, actually, which is probably Urban's best job coaching. Um, So I believe that. But I think the matchup favors them. Northwestern doesn't do enough offensively that lends itself to exploiting the secondary of Ohio State that could have breakdowns. We, we saw it in the Indiana game. I, I don't believe Northwestern's as explosive as Indiana is, and, and I believe that Ohio State names it numbers 20 and a half. I think they win by 30. All right, we got uh, the Big 12 title game, Iowa State and Oklahoma, the game from AT&T Stadium. Oklahoma, a six-point favorite in this one, trying to avenge one of their losses from earlier this season. You know, winners go with streaks, and – Losers go against them. And uh, Matt Campbell, since coming to Ames, Iowa uh, in 2015, is a perfect uh, – he's two and three straight up, but a perfect five and zero oh against the spread versus Oklahoma. Um, down 17-6 in that earlier meeting. Came back and won the game 37-30. Two big pieces were out for Oklahoma. Defensive end was out. I believe the number one running back is out there both back. But I think at the end of the day – Iowa State's defense is playing at an unbelievable level right now, and I'll take more than a field goal with Iowa State. All right, we go to the ACC title game, Clemson and Notre Dame. Uh, Clemson laying 10.5 there in Charlotte against the Irish. Bro, people are going all in on Trevor Lawrence. Pre-flop. He's that good? I mean, pocket twos, pre-flop, I'm going all in. My twos are going to hold up. Opened up a minus seven, now up to ten and a half, up to possibly eleven by tomorrow. I'm sorry, Notre Dame's answered the bell all year long. It's a neutral field. Um, I know Lawrence is good, but you can't disrespect Notre Dame this way. Um, Ian Book has one loss as a starting quarterback in college football. That was against LSU. Um, can't knock the kid, although everybody is. I think Clemson wins the game. I think they win it with a late drive with Trevor Lawrence. 
but I don't see this as being a blowout. Not on a neutral field. Sorry, I'll take Notre Dame plus the double digits. I just, I, I just, the more I watch Clemson, the more I just look at them as just one of the most complete teams in college football. And I think that it's Alabama and then everybody else, and then Clemson is leading. Actually, it's probably Ohio State's the second best team in the country, but then it's Clemson. Um, and, and I just think that. They're going to win this game. I don't know if it's smart to lay 10 points, but I'd be shocked if Clemson loses this one to Notre Dame. If you're looking for maybe a teaser play or something, I just, I'd be shocked if Clemson loses this game. Uh, let's go also later that day, 4.15 Eastern time, Mountain West title game, Boise State laying six and a half against San Jose State. Interesting, this game is in Vegas, but it's not at the Raiders Stadium. It's at Sam Boyd Stadium. They just played there. Just played there last Friday night. I had him uh, had him as a fifty dimer, I believe, over Nevada, and watched them come back from twenty to seven down, and held Nevada shut out Nevada in the second half. Um, controversial call in that game, third quarter. Nevada was going in for the score to make it twenty seven seven, and they fumbled at the one yard line, and in a pile full of players. It looked like his knee was down, but the call on the field was a fumble. And so they didn't see enough to reverse the play, but he was clearly, if you really analyzed it, he was down. San Jose goes on a 99-yard drive for a touchdown, makes it 2014. And then they, I think they get a a bomb for a touchdown or or they get a punt return for a touchdown, something, get another quick score, 21-20. And they go on and win it. So this team is 6-0 and straight up, 6-0 and against the spread. And I'm not going against that money train right there. I'm going to take San Jose State, and I look for them to win the game outright. It's been a magical season for them. And uh, congrats, because their they're, they're coach has done a great job. Yes, uh, San Jose State, it's kind of like their default home now because of the whole stipulations in California. So they've been playing it. They played at Sam Boyd. Uh, the SEC title game, Alabama and Florida, the Tide laying 17 points there in Atlanta. Hard to go against Alabama in this one. I don't care what the number is. Watching Florida play last week and watching Brad Johnson's son carve up that secondary 72nd ranked pass defense in college football. Um, yeah, they had six, Florida had 600 yards total offense. Trask with three bit with, you know, three big turnovers, like two, two picks. Mullen got Mullen got tricky Ricky and set pits thinking he didn't need him. It's the, it's the same thing as Sean Payton went up to Philadelphia and had no respect for, Jalen Hurts and didn't think Jalen Hurts could beat him. He's like, we're fine here. Same thing with Mullen. Here comes LSU. We're going to beat him. No problem. Pitch, you take the day off, big man. We, we, we got this. And next thing you know, his team lays an egg. Guy throws a shoe um, and they lose. So now you're going to face a Bama team that, it, that last week, an Arkansas team that went into Florida and put up 35. They held them to three and beat them 52-3. An LSU team that went into Florida and beat them, Alabama goes into LSU and puts up 45. Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. In the first half, before Saban calls off his dogs and goes in the second half and says, I don't want to score 75. Hey, Steve. Steve. Call off dogs, babe. Just run the football. 
run the football. Don't get crazy. I, I know we put a baney on him, but just pss, chill, chill. All right, Sark. Thanks, babe. Love you, babe. Love you. <laughs> they scored 10 points in the second half and, and 55, whatever it was, 55, 20 something. So the right side of the game is Alabama. I'm sorry. If Trask has a massive game and Pitts has a massive game. But what everybody's not talking about right now is the Bama defense. And when you have that big a difference in Bama's defense and Florida's defense and a huge advantage on offense, you lose with Alabama, who's covered, I believe, eight in a row, rather than try to win with Florida. I would agree. Uh, let's go to the American, finally, the game between Tulsa and Cincinnati that was supposed to happen last week also, uh, but they canceled that one. They figured, hey, we're playing each other again next week. Why bother? Uh, Cincinnati has been just a machine all season long, but Tulsa, the cardiac kids, Brandon, just finding ways to win and cover these football games when they have no business doing so. Uh, Cincinnati laying 14 and a half. I don't want to go against Cincinnati, but Tulsa's got the magic all season long. Bro, I hate him. I hate him. <laughs> you lost on I that Hail Mary with the third string quarterback. I hate him. And, and, the pick six and OT plus five and a half loop plus yep. six the up 14 and people are like, well, you should blame Tulane more than you should blame Tulsa. I mean, parts of that is true, but they're just, I I'll say it again. Then they couldn't move the ball against Navy's defense and the cover against Navy was ridiculous. The cover against Navy was, it was, it was 12, six Navy's getting 12 and a half. There's three and a half minutes to go in the game. It's third and eight from their own 40. And the announcers like just run the ball, punt it away, and play D because they're not going to go down on. They're not going to, you know, use the clock. Navy had no timeouts left. And they, Navy goes man to man, best receiver for Tulsa, gets loose down the right sideline. They complete the pass down to the 22 yard line. Well, you know it's coming. Three <laughs> running plays and a field goal for I'm sorry. Yeah. It was it was 10. So they were up 16-6. They're up 10, which means the commentators were like, just run the football, punt it to Navy. You're up two scores in the game. The announcers were saying that. And they throw it. And they hit the pass down in the 20. They run three times. And then they kick the field goal with like a minute 30 to go to cover. Another miracle cover that they had no right covering. I want this team, Cincinnati, to beat this team 117-6. <laughs> and they can. They can. They're capable of doing that. So I want to, I want to, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for Cincinnati. Let's put it that way. All right. Uh, let's go to the NFL. Do you like either of the games on Saturday? It's Bills, Broncos, and Panthers, Packers. Yeah, I like Denver. I like Denver. I think Denver's in a great spot. Buffalo, the big, big, I went to Vegas and banged a porn star on Saturday. Uh, she turned me out freak, handcuffs, leather, a whole nine yards, and a suite at the Bellagio. And then I got to go back to Vegas to my non, to, I'm sorry, back to LA to my non freak girlfriend who does nothing, won't even put on lingerie. That's where Buffalo's at. Yep. The porn star was Pittsburgh, Sunday night game, national TV. You come back, you win that game. Now you got to go back to your boring librarian girlfriend whose idea on a Friday night is to sit at home and watch <laughs> Housewives of Orange County. 
and that's Denver. <laughs> and next week on Monday, national TV, there's this team waiting for you called the New England Patriots, which are probably going to be in a position to clinch the division. Um, so I believe Denver plus the six is a great play. All right, let's go to Sunday. Give me uh, your first NFL play. I know Billy. I love Tranny's Belichick. Don't think he's not hitting up trannies with a hood sweatshirt and looking all devious and around. He's a freak. I'm telling you right now. So I know he's got some 12 and 0 record against rookie quarterbacks in the regular season. I get it, but they suck in um, Miami, especially late in the year. But I will tell you this. Normally rookie quarterbacks who are drafted in the first round are playing for crappy teams. And the matchup of this game is the New England offense against the Dolphins defense. That's a matchup of you. Two is not going to lose this game. He's not. And as important as this game is to Miami, and just stay with me here, under is a great play. Bet the under all day long. LA Rams and where they played a 24, what was it, 24-3? Mm-hmm. Um, if this game is tied late and two is struggling with Belichick, Fitzpatrick's going to come in and win this game. And getting it at a three number by down to two and a half, Miami's not losing this game. They're not. They're right there for the playoffs. They're the, if I were to say to you, my friend, who's the number one money-making team in the NFL this year after 13 weeks, what would you say? Uh, I mean, I would say it's probably like the Packers. Miami Packers or Packers, I believe, are seven and six against the number. Um, No, Packers are eight and five. Number one money making team in the NFL this year. Miami Dolphins, 10 and three against the spread. How about furthermore, my friend, they've covered seven of their last eight this season. And since Mr. Brian Flores became head coach. Of the Miami Dolphins, they are nineteen and six against the number. He can't, Bill Belichick, pull any of his shady, shady, slim, shady of the slim, slim, shady stuff, because when Bill Belichick beat Jared Goff in the Super Bowl, rookie quarterback, who was his defensive coordinator? Brian Flores. There you go, bro. I mean, so whatever game plan they devise or whatever tricks they use for rookie quarterbacks, who's the head coach of Miami? Brian Flores. So the dynamic of this completely changes with New England and Miami and Belichick against rookie quarterbacks. Miami's not losing this game, not to this New England team who I've called overrated all year long. So by the half point, get Miami minus two and a half. All right. Um, If Colt McCoy plays... I will take the Giants plus the points over Cleveland. If Colt McCoy's doesn't play and Jones plays, I will take Cleveland over the Giants. Freddie Kitchen, the name resurfaces. The yes, man who he's calling the plays. Driving, who was driving Uber Eats here in Vegas and got fired <laughs> for eating all the food before he delivered them to the houses. And then, um, then he just started driving for Uber and people talked about his car was smelly and all messy with fast food wrappers all over the place. He got fired from that and then he somehow got a job with the Giants. So, He's calling plays against his ex-team. Um, 
if, if again, Colt McCoy's playing, who was the quarterback in Cleveland, I think Giants plus points. Uh, Washington, Seattle. If Alex Smith is the quarterback, they'll win that game outright. If Haskins is the quarterback, they got no shot in hell of winning that game. None whatsoever. Any thoughts on the Eagles and the Cardinals with Jalen Hurts under center for Philadelphia? Yeah, I think it was a great win last week for for Philly, but I don't. They're they're not going to win here. They're they're not going to go back to back up to beating the Saints and go on the road in Arizona. That performance by Arizona last week defensively over the Giants. And, and granted, Daniel Jones wasn't really ready to play, but I think people are going to jump on that Philly bandwagon off the win against the Saints. And I think it was more or less of the Saints looking ahead to Sunday mm-hmm. instead of really taking Philadelphia as serious as they should have. All right, how you playing that Chiefs-Saints game? You looking to the total, going over? Yeah, I like the over. Um, here's my feeling on that. One of my best streaks I have going is my 150-dime run. It's at 11 in a row. The first 150-dimer I released this year was Green Bay over New Orleans. And I said I didn't believe in New Orleans' defense. And Aaron Rodgers was going to light him up. I think the final was 37-30. But the Packers were the underdog. And that made a huge difference. They were getting three by the half point to three and a half. And I, I said, anytime you get Aaron Rodgers plus points, you just don't handicap the game. You just take them because mm-hmm. it doesn't happen often. The Saints are not normally a home dog ever. And with Breeze coming back, this matchup favors New Orleans from the standpoint that the Chiefs' defense is struggling. And as poor as the Raiders have played, they had the Chiefs on the ropes in Vegas. And we talk about managing the clock. When when they went down to score, they should have left Mahomes no time on the clock. And the problem was they did, and Mahomes went back and beat him. If Drew Locke and the Denver Broncos can go into KC, and almost beat them, and probably had a chance to, if not for Vic Fangio being a pussy and not going for it on fourth and three with six minutes to go near midfield. Um, they got a shot to beat him. They allowed Brady to come back back door. They allowed Miami back door. I just feel like at 10-1, and one, they're a bit full of themselves, and – Sometimes it takes a loss to get their attention before the playoffs start. And I believe that the Saints will figure out a way to win this game. Because here's the deal. On paper, the Saints have the better defense. Correct? Yep. So offensively, it's Drew Brees against Casey's defense with Kamara in that running game. At home, getting three and a half. I'm going to take the Saints plus the points. Wow. Okay. Uh, I guess we'll leave it on that. There's no other NFL play that you uh, you want to give out here? Nah, nothing that, that jumps out like like the Miami game or New Orleans. All right, um, are you going to make a pick this week, or are you just passing? No, I, I like, uh, you know, I've, I've been doing some heavy college. We talked about that um, as well. I think my play this week is going to be, I know, you know, road favorites or sucker bets. Um, I can't get talked off the bucks in this matchup. Julio Jones is not going to play for Atlanta. 
the Bucks are sensing an opportunity to get back into, you know, position for some seeding. Uh, and I think that they want to go to the postseason on a high note. Um, I, I just think the Bucks are going to go into Atlanta and win this game easily. Two-team teaser. Your two-team teaser. My two- go ahead and grab your two-team teaser. Probably would then be the Colts and the Bucks. Uh, I would say the Bucks, and yeah, I mean, isn't it the type of game that the Colts just lose? You know, the type of game where they're, they're supposed to win and they lose. Um, I'd probably be more comfortable, um, you know, pushing the line from Miami minus three to kind of plus three, maybe plus three and a half if I can get it that way. No, and, no, no. Don't ever tease. Don't ever tease over the number. Okay. That's a it's a bad bad rule of teasers. Just trust your trust your boy. Santa Lang, who gave out Buffalo two weeks early to the world on radio, is that Romeo Crennel is not going to outcoach Frank Wright. I, I would say I would agree with that. All right. All right, brother. Well, enjoy the games. It's a full weekend of college football and NFL action, so enjoy it. 200 dimer, first one in two years, happened Saturday. Oh, my. Well, there you have it. We will be sure to head to brandonlang.com and check out what that is. And I'm sure it's going to be a good one. A lot of interesting games on the schedule this weekend. Good luck with them all. You can head to my Twitter account at scottsonair, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. I'll give you some picks there. And, of course, brandonlang.com for uh, the 150-dimer or the 200-dimer that he's going to have this Saturday. Once again, thank you for listening to the Football Betting Show brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts from, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.